Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You're in for a real treat today, folks, because we're saluting the great Lucille Ball, who definitely deserves recognition during Women's History Month. Lucy was the first female to head up her own production studio. Time magazine included her among the 100 most important people of the 20th century, and in 2001, she was inaugurated into the National Women's Museum. But Lucy's many fans love her most for her terrific performances in movies and on TV. And that's why I'm so happy that joining Jazz Shaw, Danny Dyer, and yours truly in our pre-recorded tribute from 2011 are two highly qualified guests for today's topic. They are James Sheridan, the co-author of Lucille Ball FAQ, everything left to know about America's favorite redhead, and Elizabeth Edwards, author of several books about the beloved showbiz icon. We've extended the show to 60 minutes, folks, so be sure to stay with us for the entire time because, thanks to Richard B. Smart, at the end of the episode, you will hear Lucy herself perform my favorite number from one of her early movies. Okay, Lucille Ball fans, let's get this show on the road. Here's the discussion you've been waiting for. I'd like to bring both of our guests on now, ladies first as always. So, Elizabeth, welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad you could be with us today, Elizabeth, and I'm also glad that James could join us. Hi, James. Hi, Betty Jo. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you both on our show, and we have lots of questions to ask you guys about Lucille Ball. But first, we need the go-ahead from Danny, our interim producer and chat wrangler. Danny, is the chat room open and ready for people to sign in? Why, yes, this is Danny reporting live from the chat room. We've rolled out the red carpet. Guests are arriving left and right, and we are waiting to pay tribute to the fabulous Lucille Ball. Just as a quick reminder, you can join the chat room by going to the top right-hand section of the web page, clicking Sign Up. It's absolutely free and fast, and you can come join in in the the behind-the-scenes chit-chat in the chat room. Thanks, Danny. That that was a great description of the chat room. And I think maybe you're a Lucille Ball fan, am I right? <laughs> I love Lucille Ball. <laughs> I hear I you had little. a dream. I hear you had a dream about her last night. Yes, last night I dreamed about the show. I was so excited because I grew up watching I Love Lucy and Gilligan's Island and things like that. And now that I'm grown up, I see myself so much like Lucille Ball was in I Love Lucy because I find myself, you know, blowing up bread dough in the kitchen and trying to hurry up and scrub the walls so my husband don't find out. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, I know the feeling. <laughs> There's so many of us, yes. The only thing I haven't mastered is that fake um, uh, cry <laughs> that that, yeah. that Lucy used to make whenever she didn't get her way. I'm, I'm working on that, but I haven't mastered that. Well, anyway, thank you, Danny, for taking such good care of the chat. And to the people who are participating, as well as to our other listeners, we really appreciate it. Plus, as always, we appreciate Jazz for being here to co-host. Jazz, I think you've you've had uh, some problem over there on the East Coast, but uh, you are a Lucille Ball fan. Uh, am I right about that? 
Long-time Lucille Ball fan. I'm just hoping we have the uh, technical capability to uh, get the show done today. Yes, I, I used to live in California, and we we kind of expected uh, earthquakes, but not so much on the on the East Coast. We've had some reported ones here in Colorado too. So, so things are uh, kind of rolling along. I guess we'll we'll hope that. Uh, that everything runs smoothly here for the show. And, you know, um, Jazz, as I mentioned before, I think everyone loves Lucy, and we're so fortunate to have Elizabeth and James with us because they have a lot of information to share about the queen of comedy. You know, Jazz, when I started planning this tribute show, I thought it would be great if Lucy's daughter, Lucy Arnaz, could join us. So I was referred to her office. And the very helpful Elizabeth Edwards answered my call, but little did I know that Elizabeth worked with uh, Desilu LLC, which is a company Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr. put together to manage their parents' estate. And I also didn't know that she has also written books about Lucille Ball, with a new one coming out in October. So when Lucy wasn't able to be with us, Elizabeth graciously accepted my invitation, and I'm very glad she did. I'd like to chat with Elizabeth first, Jazz, and then you and I will interview James after that. I have extended the show to 60 minutes so no one feels rushed. Elizabeth, I'm curious about how you became involved with uh, Lucy and Desi. Well, it was a long time ago. It was 1992, and Lucy Arnaz and her husband, Lawrence Luckinville, were putting together their um, Emmy Award-winning documentary called Lucy and Desi, a Home Movie. And they needed somebody in the office. And my longest ever girlfriend, since we were two years old, Susan, her parents were helping direct and produce the, the show. So they called me and said they need somebody in the office for three or four months to help out with this um, with this movie, and can you do that? And I said, sure, and I did that. And then when the three and four months were over, they said, please stay. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> Nineteen years later, I'm still there. Oh, well, I, that's that's a great uh, job that you have there, and, and they must be uh, such interesting people to uh, to work with. And But you still, um, although working there, you still have time to write uh, books, um, Many of them about Lucille Ball. Can you tell us what books you've written about Lucy? Sure, absolutely. Actually, the the, the books started. Um, we have licenses. Desilu Two has licenses with companies who create products for us. You know, um, oh. cookie jars and model cars and dolls and things like that. So one of them was a book license a publisher called Running Press and. They wanted Lucy Arnaz to write some books, and she said, I don't have time to do that. I don't want to do that. Why don't you take a shot at it? So that's how it all started with me. Um, the first book that I wrote is a little one of those little tiny books that is about two by two, and you can put it in somebody's stocking really easily. It's called I Love Lucy's Guide to Life. And then after that, it was the 50th anniversary, so I wrote the 50th anniversary book, which actually I believe has just been re-released in, in uh, paperback So um, after 10 years. And then there were a couple of scrapbooks called um, the Lucy, Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz scrapbook, which was taken things taken from their actual scrapbooks and reproduced um, in a smaller version. And then the Isle of Lucy scrapbook, which was followed the same thing. And then there was another one of those tiny books called um, I Love Lucy Best Friends. And then the 60th anniversary is next month, I mean October. So um, that book was just written last year. You've been a busy lady. And I have. I, <laughs> and I, lo- I love the cover on, uh, on your book, uh, A Celebration of All Things, Lucy. Is that, I, I know it isn't coming out until October, but can listeners uh, pre-order the book at, at this point? I'm, I'm pretty sure that they probably can. They can probably go on Amazon and do that. I'm really not sure. Um, I don't have anything to do with sales or anything, but... I'm sure if they go on Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com, they can pre-order it. Oh, I, I encourage uh, our listeners to do that, especially the the Lucy fans. And I want to I get a copy of that uh, book, too. The, the cover definitely intrigues me. How did you choose that cover? I actually didn't. The publisher did that. But it's a great, it's a great image of her with her nose on fire. So 
Yes, <laughs> everybody knows it, and it's funny, and it brings back great memories, and and it's a, it's a great picture of her with her eyes crossed, and it just it, they couldn't have done a better job. Well, we did put a uh, picture of that in the slideshow on our on our show page, so our listeners uh, know what I mean when I'm I'm talking about that uh, that delightful book cover. Uh, this is, after all, Movie Attic Headquarters, Elizabeth. So I wonder if you have any favorite Lucille Ball films. She's made over 80 films. I know we mostly remember her for the I Love Lucy TV shows, mm-hmm. but but since I'm a no-spring chicken, I first got introduced to Lucille Ball was at the movies and uh, fell in love with her. There, so we should we should talk about some of her movies. Absolutely. Do you have any favorites? You know, it's really funny because before I went to work for the Arnaz family, I didn't know that she had done any movies. I had My no goodness. clue that she had ever made one movie, and so it was a big revelation to me that she had made dozens of movies. Um, I love. Let's see, I've seen them on Turner. Uh, Stage Door is a great movie. Um, with with Ginger Rogers and Katherine Hepburn, it's a terrific movie, and Lucy is very funny in that. Um, another one is uh, having wonderful time again with Ginger Rogers and Red Skelton. They all go away oh. to this camp. Um, it's like a summer camp for grown-ups to get out of the city, and um, and they are all up there together, living in kind of a camp-like atmosphere. And um, but they're but they're adults, so there's dating going on and boyfriends and girlfriends. It's really very funny. Um, and she's great in it. Uh, that was in, I think that was in the late the late 30s. And um, Lord is a great, L-U-R-E-D, Lord is a great oh, yeah. movie. They have terrific costumes, and it's a, really a 1940s kind of mystery, really rich movie. Um, I love, of course, The Long, Long Trailer, because who doesn't? It's funny. Oh. It's, it's with Desi. It's very Lucy Ricardo-esque. There's a lot of kind of slapstick that goes on, and they're both very funny in it, and it's just a, a really warm love story. Um, another one is The Big Street with Henry Fonda. Um, that was a 1942 movie that, that was – she was very proud of herself, actually, in that. It was her first real dramatic role, um, and she was very proud of her work in that because before that she had always been kind of the comedic foil and – she really sunk her teeth into that movie, and she was, she really thought that you know she could prove that she she could actually do it. And she um, should have had uh, an Oscar nomination for that film. I saw it recently, recently on on Turner Classic Movies, and uh, that was, uh, I mean, it certainly was play, it was not the Lucille Ball that we that we know and love, but what absolutely. terrific acting. Yeah, they, that. It, it's a great movie. And Yours, Mine, and Ours from 1968, when she marries um, Henry Fonda, um, and they take her eight children and his ten children or whatever it is, and they right. put them all together, and then they have two more children, and it's a crazy kind of a Lucy Ricardo-esque movie again. Um, her movies I think that Bob one. Hope. I think that one won the um, – I think that's probably her uh, highest-grossing Movie, if if I'm not mistaken, very yours, possibly. mine, and ours. Yeah, very I think, possibly. I think it is. She did quite a few movies with Bob Hope, which are great. The Facts of Life. Um, what were some of the other ones? A Sorrowful Fancy Jones. Pants. Fancy Pants. Fancy Pants, of course. <laughs> Fancy Pants and Sorrowful Jones, and she did a bunch Critics of them choice. in a row. Critics' Choice, yes, yeah. So, they so, and she, and they got along really well, and they, and they play off each other. Terrific. Um, terrifically in those movies. So um, the, a lot of them were, see, I'm trying to think of other ones that were really great. That, um, um, well, what about the Fuller Brush Girl? Cause that's the Fuller one Brush favorite. Girl is funny. Funny, funny movie. Um, oh, and the slapstick that she that she oh, did in that film. I, I just was exhausted. I know. I mean, I, I was I know, she wasn't like a young crazy. woman either. She was, you know, in her late 30s and <laughs> rolling around like get... that and doing all kinds of crazy things. DuBerry was a lady. Um, oh, that was, that was her first, Yay. Think, her first <laughs> color, or one of her first color movies. Um, yeah, she looked she did. She, she did a couple of movies during the war um, that had to do with, with, with uh, war 
seven days leave. Um, <clears throat> she she marries somebody or something. Somebody has to marry somebody in seven days in order to collect right. inheritance. Um, it's with Victor Mature. Um, so she did a couple, and Desi did did a really good movie too in the during the war years called Baton. He won an award for that. Um, he plays an yeah. army so, sergeant. Yeah. So there are a lot of good good uh, good movies from that time. Well, does Lucy um, Arnaz have any uh, particular films of her mother's that she enjoys? I think she really loves The Long Long Trailer because her parents were in it together. Um, having a lot of fun. Um, she does like Stage Door, and I'm trying to think. Um, uh, what was it? Dance Girl Dance. She likes that one. Oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. I <laughs> I saw it recently on Turner Classic Movie too. So she has definitely good good taste. And uh, of course, the we need to talk about the uh, I Love Lucy episodes. What um, what are your favorite I Love Lucy episodes? You have uh, two or three of those that stand out to you. I do, and and I like the the more unusual ones. Um, I love the one um, when Lucy finds out she's pregnant and tells tells Ricky uh, Ricardo about it um, in at the Tropicana Club, and I love it because <laughs> it was so true to who they are and were um, at that time. She was 41 years old. They were pregnant for the second, well, not for the second time, but we would be the second baby. Um, they had lost quite a few babies, and she was older, and they didn't think that they would probably ever have another baby, and it was such a true moment for them when she tells him that she's having a baby and he realizes that she's having a baby. And it, it went from the Ricardos, for me, it went from the Ricardos to the Arnezes. And it went to that moment where she must have really told him that she was having another baby, and he completely kind of dissolves into tears, and the two of them are so happy, and it's so true, and it's such a wonderful moment between a married couple, married in real life and, and married on the show. Um, and, of course, you have to love the you know the one where they're out in Italy stomping on grapes and flying around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I love some of the ones with with Lucy and Ethel. I love the whole girlfriend um, action that was going on in that show when when she and Ethel were getting into trouble and making up schemes and when they were like they, when they were hanging on the side of the of the building in their painter's clothes and trying to get a look in the window to see if Desi was having an affair and they're getting paint all over each other and then they're climbing the Empire State Building dressed as Martians. And they're hitchhiking to Florida with a person that they think is an axe murderer. They had so many great moments. And Vivian Vance was so fantastic. Um, The way that they played off of each other, they they were just, it was just perfect. You can't even imagine ever anybody else being the Ethel Mertz character, um, even though Vivian Vance wasn't the first choice. But you just can't imagine anybody else playing Ethel or Fred. They were great. They, they, that, that whole cast was just uh, absolutely fantastic. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add about Lucille Ball uh, before we bring James on? I don't think so. I, I'm going to let Jimmy do his do his talking. I know he has a lot to say. He's a terrific guy, and I've known him for a long time, and I'm sure you'll have a great time talking to him. Well, thanks so much, Elizabeth, for joining us on such short notice. I know you're very busy. And we really appreciate you taking time to be here. But would you be able to stay uh, during James's interview? Sure, I'll stay on. Great. We're we're really uh, happy that you that you can do that now. So our next guest is a recent graduate of Fordham University and a lifelong Lucille Ball fan. In fact, he could name every "I Love Lucy" episode in order. At the age of seven, can you believe that? And his book, Lucille Ball, FAQ, is absolutely terrific. I know our co-host has some questions for James, so you have the floor now, Jazz. Oh, God, don't turn the floor over to me. I'll be totally lost. I think the floor just got shaken off over here. Oh, no, I'm still feeling the earthquakes. I'm so sorry. Uh, We had two aftershocks, one of them actually during the show. So, (laughs) yes. Oh wow! That was interesting, but we got to we got to move on to James. James, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, um, 
Given your age, uh, and you know, we don't want to say that in a disparaging way, but uh, it it is kind of unusual in my experience when I run into people that are a lot younger than me but have the same tastes in movies and television, and you know, and, and the media and things. How how did you get so interested in Lucille Ball? Because even uh, you know, in uh, in reruns, you don't see it that often. What first drew you to that? Um, I don't remember not loving Lucille Ball. I I always watched the show. Um, it was on Nick at Night and uh, local stations when I was very little. And um, when I was seven years old, um, I went to the uh, Lucia tribute, which is at Universal Studios in Florida. And uh, they have a whole big tribute to Lucy there. And that was the first time I saw Lucy's work beyond I Love Lucy. And I was really fascinated by that. And after that, I just started reading everything I could and taping all the shows and collecting. And uh, I've been a giant Lucy fan ever since then. Some people in the modern era, particularly younger people, uh, are are occasionally critical, not just of Lucille Ball specifically, but of that genre that came out of that age, sort of depicting the wife as being perhaps less competent, maybe a bit Silly, you know the the husband being in charge. How how does that play? Do you think with with a new generation of Lucy fans who are who are used to seeing women in more commanding roles? Um, I think people are okay with it. I mean, it's just it, the Lucy character. She's supposed to be childlike and everything. It's not. It's just the character that they weren't really making a statement or anything. Um, and I mean, behind the scenes, uh, Lucy was a big businesswoman and everything, so she really uh, set the bar for uh, women in television, and uh, she really opened doors. No, oh, undoubtedly true. Um, you, you wrote the book. You did the work uh, with a co-author. As somebody who's a writer also, I can tell you that I know that can be challenging. How, how was the process for you for, for writing the book, for working with a co-author, for having to delve into that much material? Uh, well, um, my co-author, Barry Monish, um, he's written many, many books on film, and um, he's the editor of the annual uh, Screen World series for Applause Books. And um, Applause Books came to him and um, said they were doing a series called Frequently Asked Questions about um, different celebrities. Um, originally, they just did um, musicians, and they were going to expand it to um, other performers. And they asked him if he was interested in um, writing um a book about anybody, and um, he said no, but he knew someone um, who would be good to write a book about Lucille Ball if they were interested. Um, Barry and I both work for the uh, Paley Center for Media, which is the former museum of television and radio. So um, oh. we've worked we worked together. Um, so they were interested in a book about Lucy, and so he asked me if I'd be interested in writing it, and I said yes, and so uh, we worked on it together. Um, at any challenge we might have had, um, I think it was just time. We didn't have that much uh, right, uh, time to write the book. We only had about five months. So um, we uh, worked separately mostly, but uh, I would write something, show it to Barry, and he would do something and show it to me. And uh, we had a lot to do in a short time. <laughs> I would imagine. Well, you, you did, both of you did such a great job. I I enjoyed this book so much, and I, I wanted to be sure to tell you that. And, and what I liked about it the most, well, there's lots of things that I liked about it, but what I, what I really, really enjoyed, it had so many surprises. I mean, just little gems uh, throughout the book, for example, uh, how she felt about Betty Grable. Now, she thought Betty Grable, in your book you mentioned this, that she thought Betty Grable was the, the funniest person that she ever met off screen. Well, Betty Grable was one of my favorites, you know, growing up in high school, but she never came across as uh, being funny on screen. So to know that she had this very, uh, you know, humorous personality with her friends was a was a real revelation to me. And then uh, the fact that, Lucy worked at all major studios 
except Disney. Now, I just mentioned that she had made over 80 films, but I didn't realize that she made films at every one of the of the major studios. And so that chapter in the book, really, that section in the book, I just I just ate it up. And then I've often wondered about whether whether Lucille Ball sang her songs or was or was dubbed and that whole section <laughs> about you know the the places where she was dubbed the places that she actually sang and then the places that nobody knows for sure it was just so interesting and i don't remember her um this communist crisis that she uh, that she went through so so those are some of the things and and there i don't want to give everything away there's just there's just so much in this book james that that uh, lucy's fans are are going to really really enjoy and i like the way you organized the book it's it's different i mean you can just go into the book any place and you you feel you know like you want to just dive in there and uh, read that section and then you have to go away a while and and sort of digest it, and then you go back. It's it's 500 pages long. So so you and Barry just did a just did a great uh, a great job on that. So my uh, my compliments. But I get to much. ask my favorite. I get to ask my favorite question here, and that is, <laughs> what are your favorite Lucille Ball films? And oh, well, I know it? you're more interested in the in the TV aspect. Oh, but. not necessarily. I love I love her films too. I love. All her work. Um, Elizabeth said a lot of them. Um, one, I, my favorite is probably um, her final film, uh, Mame, which um, isn't necessarily a perfect film, but she, I think, is just terrific in it. I mean, she sings, she's dancing, she's funny, she's dramatic. It really, I think, shows off um, her talent in it. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, the Facts of Life with Bob Hope is another one of my favorites. Um well, that was the first thing she did after um, she uh, divorced Desi, and it's a really sophisticated uh, comedy about adultery with Bob Hope, and it's um, very different from anything she did. Um, Dance Girl Dance, she's terrific in that. That's another thing that really shows off her talent, I think, because it shows comedy, drama. Uh, she sings and dances. Um, she's actually singing in that movie. She's usually dubbed in most of her early films, but uh, that one she's actually singing herself. Um, the Big Street, definitely. She's terrific in that. Um, she's dramatic. Uh, that's another one that's completely different from anything she did. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, everything Elizabeth said, too. I mean, she had, she did some really great work in the movies, I think. Well, she there did, were a lot of I... films. There, there were a lot of films, and Betty Jo wants to stay on the films. But uh, most of us, yeah, I, I do. I mean... And for a few more minutes, oh, go <laughs> ahead. Fine. Before, <laughs> thank you, Jess. Before we go off of that, because I um, ordered Mame from Netflix. I, I saw it when it first came out, James, and I, I didn't remember too much about it, and I was comparing it, you know, with Rosalind Russell, Annie Mame. And so I wasn't giving it a fair shake. So I um, watched it a, a couple of weeks ago, and I agree with you. Um, Lucille Ball was tremendous in this, and I know there was some criticism of her singing, but I thought her singing fit the character. And I, I noticed that um, when anybody would criticize that her singing in Mame, she would always say, well, Mame stayed up all night drinking champagne. What did you expect, Julie Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> right. True. Well, she wanted That's them true. to dub her voice in it, but um, they told her, Warner Brothers told her that they weren't doing that type of thing anymore in the movies. That was kind of an outdated 1940s MGM kind of thing, and um, so she sang the score herself. Well, it, I, I thought it fit it fit that character, and I'm so glad you mentioned Dance Girl Dance because that is my favorite, and my favorite uh, uh, thing that she ever did in the movies is that number where she's sort of this sleazily burlesque dancer and performer, and she sings a number. I thought it was called um, 
my my mother told me. Yes. But in but I guess it's called uh, What Do I Do Now? And my gosh, she owned the stage. She you felt like you were in a burlesque house. She owned the stage. The way she sang that song, her rapport with the with the audience, and her uh, uh, kind of campy burlesque dancing, it was absolutely hysterical. And I just thought that uh, that that was uh, one of her one of her best films, and and everybody so far has mentioned the Big Street, and if listeners, if you haven't seen the Big Street, please try to get a copy of that. I hope it's available on Netflix. I saw it on Turner Classic Movies, but this is a movie where uh, Lucille plays a very selfish nightclub singer, and uh, she gets hurt. And a shy busboy is the only one that stays by her and takes care of her. And that part is played by none other than Henry Fonda. And that's sort of not a you know not a typical Henry Fonda role. And the and the interaction between those those two very very different characters. It's a it's a Damon Runyon story, and you you just have to see it. I mean that. Don't you agree it's a must-see for Lucy fans? Oh, I totally agree. James. I totally agree. So anyway, so anyway, I thank you for letting me letting me uh, get that off my chest. And Jazz, uh, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Well, actually, I, while you were talking, I was just checking, and for all the net, for Netflix subscribers out there, uh, The Big Street is available on Netflix. You can't get it Yay. on instant download yet, but you can order uh, the DVD from 1942, the original. So and I, I've already seen it. That's good. Uh, so absolutely check that out, uh, James. I, I, I want to get back to the the TV episodes in a second, but Betty Joe just reminded me of something that I did want to ask you about. One of the I, I don't want to say knocks. One one of the characterizations that have been put forth over the years about Lucy was that she was best at playing Lucy. That her character on TV, that her character in a lot of these films, she was playing Lucille Ball. What do you think, having gone through all this material, what was her range as an actress? Did she, in your opinion, play a lot of different roles, or was she mostly just playing Lucy? Oh, I think she was a wonderful actress, and she did play a lot of roles. She, um, I mean, in her early films, they didn't really seem to know what to do with her, and they put her in a lot of different genres of film. She was in dramas and uh, musicals and mysteries and westerns, and um, I think she's quite good in all of them. Um, but she wanted to be typecast, she said. She wanted a character that people identified her with, um, and she found it with the Lucy character. Um, but um, she continued to do um, dramatic things um, and things that weren't necessarily Lucy. Uh, like Lucy Ricardo. Um, her 1976 special, What Now, Captain Curtis, is a terrific showcase for her. Um, she plays a woman who's going through a divorce, and the first 20 minutes of it is just a monologue by her, this long, dramatic monologue, and it really shows yeah. what a terrific actress she is, I think. So Ooh. she was still taking chances. I mean, one of the last things she did was um, the dramatic um, TV movie uh, Stone Pillow, where she played a homeless woman. So um, yes, she right. continued to do non-Lucy things. Yeah, and they were there. I just don't think they get enough attention. Uh, they don't get as much attention, I, I, I think, as as the stuff that's more iconic of her work. Um, speaking of iconic, uh, Betty Cho already asked you about the films. How about the TV episodes? Uh, there were some mentioned already. I have my own. Uh, what What are the highlights from the Lucy show for you? Um, I, I, a lot of them that I that are my favorites are the, not the ones that people normally mention. Um, one of my very favorites is um, called The Dancing Star, um, which is an episode in Hollywood where um, her friend Carolyn Appleby comes to visit. And Lucy had told her that she knew a lot of movie stars. And um, Van Johnson um, happens to be at the hotel and is asleep by the pool. And so um, Lucy pretends uh, to be having a conversation with him. She pantomimes this whole conversation with a sleeping Van Johnson and Carolyn to impress Carolyn is all the way up in uh, Lucy's hotel room looking down from the balcony and um, she's just marvelous in that scene I think and then at the end of the episode she and Van Johnson do a 
musical number together that she's just terrific in, and I think that's one of her best performances, that whole episode. Um, Ricky Needs an Agent is another um, episode where um, she pretends to be Ricky's agent and accidentally gets him fired from MGM. And um, (laughs) she's terrific in the scene as Ricky's agent, I think. And then um, when she tells Ricky that she got him fired, he... uh, blows his top and ends up pretty much destroying their whole hotel room and it's just a terrific scene for Desi and Lucy is the straight woman in it and she's great in that role too and um, they're both marvelous in that episode I think Um, another one of my favorites is called Lucy has her eyes examined where um, (laughs) she has her um, eyes dilated before she's supposed to do a, a dance number at Ricky's club to audition for a Broadway show and so she's um, doing this dance number, and she can't see anything and messes everything up. And I think she's it's another <laughs> hilarious episode with her. I I, I remember that one. Uh, I, you know, th- this brings us a little bit full circle back to the very first question that I asked you. Um, the, Lucy's character, particularly on the show, sort of was iconic of that different sort of bygone era. Uh, you know, where women were a little bit more subservient, all that. Uh, It it was more of a comical thing. It doesn't really relate to how women are pictured in television and films today. Why why is Lucille Ball still so relevant? Why are people so interested? Why is it still running on Nick at night? Why is it still so popular, do you think, when it really... There is sort of a culture gap, I'm sure you would admit, between the material that was done in the 50s and today. Well, I think it's kind of, the humor's kind of timeless. I mean, of course, maybe the interplay between the married couple might be considered uh, of its time, but um, I think it's funny, and funny, it's timeless funny. Um, I think people still watch it because of her talent, Um they, it's just unbelievable. I think people are amazed by that, and the just the relationship between those characters, Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel. I think people still enjoy it. Sure. Um, we should get back to the book, Betty Joe, Why don't you handle that? Well, what I was um, wondering about is uh, James. If you could pick three words to describe Lucille Ball, which would those three words be? Um, I would say um, pioneer. Um, She opened doors for women, definitely, I think, in in the business. She owned her own studio. She was, she uh, really set the way for many people, I think. Um, And her sitcom set the bar for all of this that followed. They really pioneered the way that the uh, sitcom was filmed, Um, Desi and uh, that whole group. I would say actress, because, as we were saying, she's more than just a comedian. Um, I think if people kind of refer to her as a comedian or a clown, they're kind of um, shortchanging or undervaluing what she did. She was more than that. She really did some wonderful work that wasn't wasn't necessarily loosey or funny. So she could really, um, she was really wonderful in other roles um, that weren't her normal uh, role that people... Um, think of her in and um legend i mean all anyone has to do is say lucy and people know who they're talking about um there are people that are famous for a time and then they uh kind of fade away but she's uh still a recognizable worldwide icon who uh people still love absolutely i uh, the words that i i was thinking about are, are similar um i picked powerhouse because uh, she was, I think, the first woman to run, own and run a movie movie studio, and then multi-talented. Because I agree with you that uh, she was uh, more than than just a uh, comedian. And then Universal, I think you've said timeless, but Universal, her, she she appealed to people all over the world because they knew. Uh, they they reacted to her comedy, her slapstick comedy, her facial expressions, and uh, no wonder TV Guide picked her as the greatest uh, 
television star of all time. I, I yeah. certainly agree with their with their selection. <laughs> but you know what? I think we should check with Danny to see how things are going in the chat right now. Danny, are there um, any questions or comments that uh, that you'd like to to bring up for for James and Elizabeth? Yes, there was one question, and then there was a little story that was put in there that I liked. So the question was, what film was it that Lucille Ball starred where her character was in a wheelchair? Oh, that's The Big Street. The Big Street is right. There we go. There's the answer. And then Sam Keith of the chat room put in there, this is a – cool little story and he said you can find the interview on YouTube Larry Fine of the Three Stooges said in an interview not long before he died that Lucille Ball was one of the best actresses that he worked with and that Harry Cum, the owner of Columbia was an idiot to let her go (laughs) (laughs) and the interview can be found on YouTube I'll try to hurry and get that link and post it in the chat room Oh, those are great reactions from from the from the uh, from the chat room. Any uh, any response, James? Oh, I never heard that before. Um, yeah, she Lucy was in um, the 1934 uh, Three Stooges short, Three Little Pigs Gangs, and uh, she was under contract to Columbia for a short time, and then they um, let their whole stock company go, and um, Lucy's one of the people that was fired. But um, she got a job at RKO later that night. So the the few hours that she was out of a job, she said that was the only time she was unemployed in Hollywood um, all her years there. Oh, my gosh. Well, so, so see, you, you learned something something new from our chatters. Thank you, chatters. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, There's another I great wanted also to, too. Yeah. I, I wanted also to thank the people who some of the people who have sent me emails when they heard that we were doing a, a show uh, in tribute to Lucille Ball, and I, I wanted to share uh, some of what what they sent to us. Sharon, the story lady, who was a guest on our show uh, a couple of years ago, said, "I loved Lucy. I probably saw every episode. My favorites are the Grapes One and the Chocolate Factory. Too funny, both of them." She was an exceptional talent. I found her comforting to watch, like spending time with an old friend. And she said, I also liked the episodes of when they lived in the country. And then Albert, from On the Bright Side here at BTR, says, I'm in that age bracket where I can remember all other family activity came to a halt, and supper was planned around I Love Lucy. My two favorite episodes were the one where she was crushing grapes in the vat and the one where she was working in a chocolate factory. All the ones where she tried in some way to get into one of Ricky's shows were too numerous for my mind to sort. I'm so glad Albert's mentioned about about Lucy trying to get into the into Ricky's shows because those are some of my favorites. And then Nancy from Comedy Concepts here on Blog Talk Radio, was actually an extra, James, in the film Stone Pillow. Oh, wow. she said, yeah, she said, I met Lucille Ball briefly when I was an extra in Stone Pillow. I said, I love your work. And she said, thanks, kid. (laughs) So that was her (laughs) encounter. (laughs) And Olivia Wilder, another popular Blog Talk Radio host, said, no one loves Lucy like I love Lucy. She's put up a challenge here, I think. She's my fellow Leo. I grew up thinking I would be her. So Olivia sounds a little bit like uh, like Danny, <laughs> thinking that that she's at least like uh, like Lucy. So yes, indeed, every everyone uh, does love Lucy. Um, I w- I'm reminded when uh, James, when you s- talked about uh, Lucille Ball being an uh, actress, not just a comedian, because another quote that uh, got a lot of play from Lucille Ball was when she said, uh, I am not funny. What I am is brave. Now, does that uh, jive with you? Would you agree with that quote? Uh, definitely. Um, she always said she wasn't She wasn't actually funny. Um, she said she needed a script and she had wonderful writers who wrote for her and uh they everything that was seen on the Lucy was written in the script nothing not, she didn't ad lib anything they were very detailed um about uh, disc, uh 
things that she did on the show. Yes, and and Elizabeth, does that uh, does that meet with your approval? That quote uh, where where Lucille Ball says she's not funny, she's brave. Well, I would disagree that she's not funny, certainly, because <laughs> we all have our opinions on that. But that was certainly her opinion, and she did always give so much credit to her writers for saying that they they wrote it all, and I just did it. So um, she they all really shared the. The credit, Lucy always gave the credit to Desi, Desi always gave the credit to her, everybody gave the credit to the writers, so they were really a bunch of people who just loved to work together um, and came out with some fantastic stuff, so it, it's, it was a great team. Yes, and it came across loud and clear in their, in their shows uh, together. Now, um, why is it that the Chocolate Factory and the Stomping on the Grapes Everybody seems to remember those those two. James, what was so special about those those two episodes? Um, people just seem to take to them for some reason. I, they're they're very funny episodes, and uh, people seem to love them. And those are usually the ones that they sh- when they show when they're showing like, the genius of Lucy or um, the popularity of Lucy and uh, TV shows. They usually show clips of those um, and Biting Me to Benjamin, which is another one. Um, that was the one so I people to... see them a lot. What what show was uh, what episode was that in Vita Veg? What was Vita it? Vita Vegemen. It was and, uh, and, and describe that 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 episode. Um, it was called Lucy Does a TV Commercial. Um, it was an episode oh. from the first season, and um, Lucy kind of cons her way into doing um, a television commercial um, during a uh, guest shot Ricky's doing on a variety show. And um, she has to rehearse it over and over again, and she doesn't know that um, the product, which is a vitamin tonic called vitamin vitamin, uh, contains 23% alcohol. So <laughs> as she rehearses it, she gets uh, drunker and drunker. I remember that one. I wonder if that's on YouTube. That is a hilarious Thank heavens for YouTube and for Netflix and for Turner Classic Movies so we can see, and DVDs so that we can see uh, Lucy in, in action. Now, now I wanted to ask you, James, what? how has your book been received so far? It's It's been out since when? Um came out in June, the middle of June, so it's been out for about two months now. Um, people seem to be enjoying the book, um, I'm glad to say, um, and we fortunately received a lot of uh, press a few weeks ago when um, – it was the one hundredth anniversary of Lucy's birth, so um, I hope people like it. Well, I don't know uh, why anyone would not like it because it's just—it's really, uh, as you as you say, it's everything left to know about America's favorite redhead, except I guess for what uh, what Elizabeth has put in all things in cel- uh, celebrating <laughs> Lucy. So, so with those two books, I uh, I, I think you can't go wrong. Now, where where can people get a copy of Lucille Ball FAQ? Um, they can get it from Amazon.com or um, Barnes and Noble at their local bookstores. Um, they can contact the publisher, which is um, Applause Books, which is a division of Hal Leonard. Um, so they can probably go to their local bookstore and get it if they can't find it online. Great, and I, I definitely encourage everyone to um, to order a copy of that book and and uh, to order order copies of the books that uh, Elizabeth has uh, told us about also. Now, I wanted to ask each of you, um, what's the most important thing you want our listeners to know about you and your and your book or books? I'll, I'll ask Elizabeth that first. Oh boy, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I hope that that people enjoy it. Um, in in the 60th book, we tried to figure out what hadn't already been written in all the other books that have been written because there have been so many books written about her and about the show. So we have things in there about fashion, about the food that they ate on the show, about the mm. historical moments, what was going on at the time, who was the president, you know, things like that. So we tried to to put things in there that hadn't been put in other books. Um, and it wasn't easy because <laughs> there's nothing there's so new. Many. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 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 been done for 60 years, so so there's nothing new to say. We just had to kind of find different things to put in. So um, there there are some recipes. 
um, for uh, the, there was a lot of food that went on on that show. In almost every every episode, they were eating or drinking, or preparing for a party or a dinner or something like that. So there was a lot of eating going on. Um, oh, and and just some interesting things about the, the the time period, you know, what was going on with women, and it was the post-war and 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 things like that. So um, so I hope everybody will enjoy it. Well, it sounds like a great uh, great read. And and how about you, James? Um, well, um, I mean, this book is all about um, Lucy's life and career, and it's not a crit- uh, criticism or expose of Lucy Bull or anything. Um, it's an appreciation that we uh, wrote to enlighten and entertain. And um, her entire uh, personal professional life was fascinating um, beyond what people already know about her and I Love Lucy, and we hoped that um, we could draw attention to that and uh, leave people feeling even more impressed by what she accomplished. So I hope people enjoy it. Well, I know I certainly did, and um, I'm I'm still enjoying it because I I keep wanting to check on things, and I'll I'll go back I'll go back to it because as I mentioned earlier, I did um, pay more attention to the parts uh, about her her films, and was so happy with so much of the inside uh, information that uh, that you packed into into this book, and uh, uh, then. Well, right now I'm I'm looking more at the episodes, the I Love Lucy episodes. Uh, James, what was the skinny on the uh, communist crisis with uh, Lucille Ball? Um, well, um, Lucy's father died when um, before she was in four years old, and um, she was her, her her and her mother and her brother. They lived with um, her grandfather, and um, he was. Um, kind of a socialist. He believed in the working man. He was um, a factory worker before there were unions and everything. So he really sympathized with the working man. And um, he kind of, um, so when Lucy um, and um, her mother and her brother um, were, when Lucy was of voting age, um, her uh, grandfather convinced her and her mother and her brother um, to register for the Communist Party. Um it, which wasn't considered to be anything um, bad or scandalous at the time. Um, and her grandfather had a stroke, and he was in um, ill health. So um, they just did it to kind of uh, humor him. Um, they didn't see anything wrong with it. They just wanted to please um, an elderly um, ill man. And um, years later, this was in 1936, and then years later in 1953, when I Love Lucy was the number one show in the country, it kind of it came out that um, Lucille Ball had registered for the with the Communist Party, wow. but she never voted um, communist or anything like that. Um, her registration was uh, terminated after a couple of years, so she had just um, registered to um, please her grandfather, and um, that for a few days that was a gigantic news story, and they um, the uh, there was an investigation and Lucy came up clear and everything and. Um, Desi made a speech before the um, I Love Lucy episode that was filmed um, that week, um, saying the only thing read about Lucy is her hair, and not even that is legitimate. <laughs> and um, she was completely cleared of everything, and uh, people loved her even more after that. That was really an interesting part of the book because I either I repressed that or just didn't pay any attention to anything about Lucille Ball except, you know, how she was doing in the in the movies. But I like that uh, comment that uh, that uh, that Desi made too, because I guess that uh, Lucille Ball was a brunette, and it wasn't until uh, Dewberry was a lady, I think, uh, which was a Technicolor movie, that she showed up on screen with the with the red hair which just oh she was just absolutely stunning and i remember in mame she had uh all different uh colors of hair i mean she was yes. a brunette she was a blonde she was a, a redhead so uh so that's so what Dizzy said i thought was i thought was a good way you know a good way to to handle that well i cannot believe that our time is almost up even though we extended the show uh, for 60 Minutes. I just want to thank you so much, Elizabeth and James, for being such terrific guests. And um, thanks to the folks at Blog Talk Radio and at WRSP 936 for their support, and to our chatters 
and the people who sent me emails and to our other listeners for tuning in. Special thanks to Jazz and Danny, as always, for their all their help, and to the great Lucille Ball for giving us so much pleasure with her entertaining performances on film and television. What a fun and enlightening discussion that was, folks. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to it. I want to thank today's chatters. We've had Mistress Angie in the chat room, and uh, she's a, a radio host on the uh, Wackle Network over there on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R. We've had Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts. And so I really want to recommend uh, those two um, radio shows to you, uh, dear listeners. Be sure to check out Comedy Concepts. That's on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time, as well as the Mom and Pop Shop show hosted by George Bettinger on DreamStream Radio each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. They're such fun shows, very, very entertaining. And please, we cannot forget the diverse Wacko Bob shows now broadcast over there on Mixler, which I uh, mentioned. And uh, Mistress Angie is one of the very interesting uh, co-hosts of the uh, morning show. And uh, we're very happy, uh, Mr. Sanji, that you joined us in the uh, chat room. And we want to tell our listeners that there's something for everyone on the in the Wacko wheelhouse. Sorry to say our time is almost up, but please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. And if you haven't already purchased a copy of my new book, Cinema Stanzas, Rhyming About Movies, please go to the Kindle store on Amazon.com and buy the ebook. It's only $3.99. I'm so happy that it's getting rave reviews and that many of you have already ordered and read it. Thanks so much. That's all for now, folks. As promised, let's close the show with the great Lucille Ball performing her very funny burlesque number, complete with audience reaction and wind machine sound effects. It's from the movie Dance Girl Dance. So get ready, everyone. Here comes, what do I do now? Proud and fortunate to present to you in her daring novel specialty, Manhattan's Tiger Lily White. Give them all you got, baby. They couldn't take it. Goody, goody, just a baby in the woody. Love has got me worried and perplexed. Oh, yeah? Gosh, oh, gee, I want my mama. Goodness me, I need my mama. Maybe she could tell me what comes next. I'll tell you. My mother told me there'd be days like this when I wouldn't know what to do. She told me what not to do. She said some boy would take me in his arms and tell me, oh, what lies. But did mother realize the boy would be you? (laughs) Or you? She means me. No, not you. Oh, me, me. It's a date, honey. (laughs) Or you? What boat you off, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) My mother told me better count to ten. Then if that doesn't do the trick, start counting again. I counted up to ten a thousand times, but I kissed him anyhow. Oh, mother, tell me, what do I do now? My mother told me there'd be days like this. When the wind would begin to blow And I wouldn't know where to go 
She said the night would be so cold and dark and I'd be all alone. And every dream I own would blow away. told me, baby, you keep warm, keep your little self bundled up, when you're caught in a storm, <laughs> she told me just exactly what to do, but didn't tell me how, oh, mother, mother, 